This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. These past few weeks, we've been talking about dealing with the hard knocks of life. In today's program, we'll discuss finding compassion during our difficult days. Join us for our message entitled, Where to Find Comfort. I have heard people say that they went to the School of Hard Knocks. Maybe you're attending that class right now. It can be a hard knock life. But we've got a message today that's quite reassuring for those who are facing hardships. So I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. We praise and thank you today, O God, for your faithfulness and love. You have been nothing but good to us. You created us for a relationship with you. And when we rebelled against you, you sent us a Savior to pay for our sins and restore us to yourself. Your goodness and grace appear to know no bounds. And for that, we are grateful. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for being the perfect Father. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope, that he will deliver us again, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Dear friends, when my children, Sam and Martha, were little, my wife and I used to read to them 
we enjoyed that. And one of our books that we read that we enjoyed especially was Alexander and his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. The story goes like this. From the moment that this young boy named Alexander wakes up, things just don't go his way. As he gets up, the chewing gum that was in his mouth the night before is now in his hair. He trips on his skateboard as he gets out of bed and drops his sweater in the sink while the water's running. His brothers Nick and Anthony find prizes in their breakfast cereal at breakfast time while Alexander does not. And the whole day is filled with one disappointment after another for Alexander, even at bedtime. His nightlight burns out. He bites his tongue. His brother Nick takes back a pillow that he said he could keep, and the cat chooses to sleep with his other brother, Anthony. Now, there's a funny statement that runs throughout the book after each uh, disappointment. Alexander keeps saying, I think I'll move to Australia, because he thinks it's perhaps better there. And the book ends with his mother's assurance that everybody has bad days, even those who live in Australia. In our life, you and I know that some days, some weeks, some months, some seasons can have challenges and hardships and suffering. That we, some days, will have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. The Apostle Paul knew that firsthand. As you read some of the reflections of what he'd been through. It's amazing the bad days he did experience. Chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, he talks about whippings and beatings and stoning and shipwrecks and always uh, traveling and facing danger from bandits, from enemies and dangers in the city and wilderness and toil and hardships and sleepless nights and hunger and thirst and cold and even naked under daily pressure over the churches he wanted to see grow. In another place, he says, I've been afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. In chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, he says, and I have a thorn in the flesh, which is some physical ailment, many scholars believe. I remember in Philippians, he told them, for Christ's sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, all the things he had, and I regard them as rubbish. In our text for today, he even talks a bit about his despair on his mission trip to Asia where he thought he was going to die. As you read the passage, uh, you notice that affliction and suffering are key words there, used redundantly. That's the biblical writer's way of saying, hey, I'm making an important point here, that no one goes through life affliction-free or immune from suffering. But here is some good news to hang on to during those times, the Apostle Paul tells us. You are not on your own, in the midst of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. He says, you see, we have a father. And he describes the father for us. He says, this is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As if to say to us, remember what he did to make you his own. All the trouble he went to make you his sons and daughters. Jesus suffered and died on a cross to save us from our sin and restore us to a relationship with our heavenly father for eternity. God has gone all out for you. And he says, this God who has gone all out for you, he is our Father. Just as Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, we can pray our Father. And we know that he cares for us more greatly than any earthly father can. 
For he is also the Father of all mercies, which means he is filled with compassion. He has a big heart for us. He has care and concern. He is one who gives. He is one who helps. And he's the Father of all comfort. Paul goes on to say, He comforts us in all our afflictions. When life is caving in on us, he comforts us. Now, the word comfort here doesn't mean ease and relaxation, but it means basically something like encouragement. The word that's used doesn't imply that God rescues us from discomfort, but he gives us the tools, the instructions, and essential guidance to endure the problems of this life and keep us going. We find out in the final two verses of this passage that Paul isn't just waxing eloquently here. He, he's speaking from personal experience as he relates to them what happened on his mission trip in Asia, how he despaired, thought maybe he was even going to die. But he said, God took care of me. He delivered me. He testifies, and I am confident even now that he will continue to do it again. All of this has taught me to rely on my Heavenly Father, is what Paul tells them. And, by the way, there's some good news that can come from suffering and hardship as we walk with God, the Apostle tells us. He says, God comforts us so that we may be able to comfort others who are in any affliction with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. We hear in this passage that there's a purpose for God comforting us. His comfort is not just for ourselves, but so that we can actually have that comfort pour out into the lives of others around us who need comforting. And remember now that word comfort is encouragement, so that we can encourage those around us as God has encouraged us. Years ago, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, said, Our sufferings may be hard to bear, but they teach us lessons which in turn equip and enable us to help others. I believe that. Uh, Suffering, think about it, can help us to be more empathetic with those who are hurting. It gives us uh, a bit of a perspective, uh, some sensitivity, and actually will even go so far as to move us towards a person that we see hurting. I have friends that are involved in Alcoholics Anonymous. They know what bondage is from personal experience. They understand the disease and how it can take over a person's life. And as they come together in AA meetings, they're there to encourage one another at their meetings and say, yeah, you're not alone in this. You're my, you're my brother. You're my sister. I've been there too. And you'll get through this. Or I think of... Uh, family in our congregation that lost a child and another family who had lost their child came right alongside of them soon after and walked along with them. They seemed to know the right things to say and the right things to do from their own experience. Hardships can also equip us, as Billy Graham says, to be encouragers. We can share what has worked for us with words and with actions and with good news of the Father's faithfulness and love for us. You see, I believe that comfort or encouragement is one beggar showing another where there is food 
or it's the healed one gossiping about the skills of their doctor. It's passing on the good which we have received and allowing it to multiply by sharing. We see this displayed in the life of a well-known figure in Christianity, Charles Colson, wrote the book Born Again. He was special counsel to President Richard M. Nixon, a position at the center of political power in the United States. His involvement in the Watergate cover-up led to his own arrest, conviction, and imprisonment. But the events of those days also led Chuck Colson to a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Following his conversion, Colson was not miraculously freed from his convictions. To the contrary, he was sent to Maxwell Federal Prison. Yet God was able to use that experience of imprisonment to open Colson's heart to the needs of prisoners and to give him a special ministry, a special calling to serve those men and women in the name of Christ. Colson puts it this way in his book, Who Speaks for God? God often uses what we least expect for his divine purposes. That has certainly proved to be true for me. Out of the depths of my prison experience came the Vision for Prison Fellowships Ministry, which now involves thousands of volunteers and brings the hope of Christ to prisoners throughout the United States and abroad. Chuck Colson's difficulty became a source of blessing to thousands of men and women behind bars who have been influenced for Christ. It's a vivid example of Paul's assertion in, in verse 5 when he says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. You see, each of us will undergo suffering in life. No one of us is immune from trial or difficulties. But if we allow him, Christ can take even that suffering and produce from it blessing in our lives and the lives of others. It also turns us into carriers of hope. When I say hope, I mean not wishful thinking, but confidence. It, it sure did for Paul. This passage, you see, was meant to instill hope and confidence in its readers. Usually Paul would open his letters by telling them how he was thanking God for how God was working in their midst. But this time, Paul doesn't do that. He instead launches right into holding up a picture of God being our encourager, our comforter. He seems to be saying right off the bat in this letter, yes, it's a hard knock life. I've experienced it. But know this, you and I have a father who has been faithful in the past and he will be in the future. This father wants you to have hope and strength for today. To rely on him now, believing in the depths of your heart that he is with us. As the old hymn says, present to cheer and to guide. That he walks with me and he talks with me and that the promise of Jesus is sure and true. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let that be your confidence today if you're going through a hardship. 
But this God, our Father, wants you to have a bright hope also for tomorrow, knowing that the future is securely in his hands. He wants us to be able to concur with the Apostle Paul that this God who raises the dead, as he did Jesus Christ, will deliver us again and again, and ultimately for eternity. And we will live with him in his heaven, and nothing can separate us from his love through Jesus Christ our Lord until we join him in that place that Christ has prepared for us. Because we know in the bottom of our hearts that we are headed to that life where there's no more tears, no more sorrows, no more suffering. We have a wonderful Father who is there, folks, to comfort us. If you're going through something now, He is there to comfort you. Call upon His name. Lean heavily upon his promises. Open his word and let him speak to you. Find a community of fellow believers, or if you're not a believer, find a community of believers and tell them, tell me, share with me what's your strength and what's your hope in Christ. But whatever you do, don't go through this alone. You don't have to. You have a father who loves you. He gave his only begotten son to die for you in order that you might become his own. He has gone to a lot of trouble to bring you to himself and give you the life that he desires for each and every individual that he's created. It's great to have a father who is absolutely perfect. Don't you think? Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, while we sometimes do face some hard knocks in our lives, it's good to know that your faithfulness remains constant and your mercies, compassion, and comfort are available to us always. If there is anyone listening in today to this message, it's going through a hardship of some sort. May these words from Scripture move that individual to turn and lean on you in absolute trust. May he or she find out personally what a good father you really are. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to call upon your Heavenly Father and lean on Him during the hard knocks of life, remembering how much He loves you. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part of our ministry. Please consider a final gift to Christian Crusaders as part of your estate planning. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. We invite you to visit us on the Internet. Be sure to share Christian Crusaders with a friend, relative, or neighbor. By making more people aware of this ministry, 
We can share the word and spread the light of the gospel so no one walks in darkness. Our internet address is www.christiancrusaders.org. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported ministry that seeks to serve listeners on the airwaves with the pure, unadulterated Word of God, salvation by grace through faith. Feel free to contact us at 1-888-693-2484. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We are happy you chose to worship with us, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting our service today was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online, now celebrating 81 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.